0: Good day and welcome to Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. I am your host, Rondell dono at Law. Of course, you can stream us at WESNCC.com and on all platforms. I am happy once again to be here and we have a very packed show. And we'll go right into it because, of course, you would know from the promo, I'm speaking about Parliament and the lawmaking process. Now, you would ask a simple question, what are laws? Now, each country has its own laws, and Trinidad and Tobago is no exception. And as a nation, um, it has its own laws. So according to the Trinidad and Tobago Parliament's website, it states, and I would read, All organizations need rules to function. Society, as the most complex of organizations, need a large variety of rules to govern relations with between members. Because society is constantly changing. These rules need regular updating and new rules need to be made to meet new circumstances. Now, the Parliament of the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago is the supreme institution by virtue of the Constitution that makes the laws. How are laws passed, one may ask? Now, before we get into our guest, um, we know that laws are passed in the Red House. We know that, let's put up the photo of the, the historical context of our images of the Red House. Now, this was the last, well, the first building um, of the government campus. Uh, before they used to call it um, the government buildings, and this building was nicknamed the Red House in 1897 by members of the public when it was painted red to commemorate the Diamond Jubilee of the Queen Victoria, and the name has endured. Now, the second image um, is an image of the Parliament when it was um, when it was burnt. Um, of course, that would have been thereafter. And on the left, you can see the edge of the old fire station building, which also stands today. Uh, now, the third image is the red house today. Of course, you would know that um, it, was res- um, it was restored in 2020 and reopened in 2020, this historical building as we know the red house. And one may have seen that the next photo, this would have been the previous house chamber. Uh, where many, many parliamentarians, current and former, would have sat. And of course, the final image is inside the refurbished House chamber, uh, which is now the very bougie and very um, current uh, chamber of the Parliament of Trinidad and Tobago. Of course, that is a historical context. Now, my in-studio guest today will be discussing Parliament and the lawmaking process. She is none other than Miss Chantel LaRoche. I hope I got it correctly. Um, Chantelle (laughs) Roche is an attorney at law. She has worked at the Office of the Parliament since 2010. She's now the Senior Legal Officer of Parliament and she provides apolitical advice to the presiding officers and members of Parliament to support them in the performance of their duties. She's an experienced lecturer and tutor. And she has also served as facilitator and trainer for both the national and regional youth parliaments. And it's only yesterday I realized that I was speaking to her how famous she is. Because a lot of her proteges are youth parliamentarians are locked on. So good morning to you. Good morning, Chantal.
1: Good morning to you, Rondell. Thank you uh, very much for the invitation and I have to start off with a good morning to the youth parliamentarians, of course. They're all locked in and viewing and to my team at the Office of the Parliament. It really is a privilege to be invited um, to speak about the process of lawmaking, to give some insight and some information. Um, I know many people walk past that majestic Red House and they want to know what what happens in there, you know. and citizen outreach is one of our strategic objectives at the Office of the Parliament because citizen participation is an essential element of democracy. And so any opportunity we have to explain, to you know, share what happens at the office of the parliament we're always pleased to do so
0: and i would like to thank you of course and, and thank the 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 authorities that be for having you here now i know you are apolitical so therefore we will, st- we will speak strictly about the laws yes, and what please. parliament is uh, entails now We know that the Parliament of Trinidad and Tobago is is bicameral. Um, Could you explain to those who may not know what bicameral or what that bicameral system is? Yes, so
1: the Constitution in Section 39 establishes what the Parliament of Trinidad and Tobago is. And bicameral simply means that it's two chambers or two houses, which is why we have a House of Representatives, which is our elected group. The persons you go to the uh, election in the, the voting booth to put your finger by your symbol of choice and then we have the Senate which are the appointed members so we have two chambers or two houses it's similar to many other countries so for example the UK we have the UK House of Commons and the House of Lords and uh, the the Constitution also establishes that the president is an element of the legislature so our legislature is really the president President of the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago, yes. the House of Representatives and the Senate. And bicameral simply means you have two houses.
0: Now, many people will ask what, why there are two houses? What's the difference between the House of Representatives and the Senate?
1: Yes, um, there, there is a school of thought that we don't need a Senate. Yes. Uh, it's referred to as the upper house or the House of Sober Reflection. It's really intended to be a check and balance, um, one over the other. Um, whether that holds today is matter of opinion, but it really is intended, one, to be a reviewer or a check and balance on the other.
0: Right. So, so therefore, one... So, is it that uh, laws would... Um, well, basically, bills will commence in the House of Representatives and then um, con- convey to the Senate? Great question. So, a bill could actually start in either the
1: House of Representatives or the Senate. What makes it check and balance is that it must go through the same process in each house. So if it starts in the House of Representatives and it goes through all of its stages, it must then go to the Senate and follow the same stages and vice versa. So that's how one is kind of like a reviewer or a check of the other.
0: Right. So let's let's tell the public how are laws created. We know it's in Parliament, but what is the proce- what is the procedure um, to start to um, to Present a Bill of Parliament. Okay, so even before you get to the stage of a bill,
1: as I like to explain uh, to persons who have never interacted with Parliament before... It has to start with an idea or a problem you're not going to need a law for something that isn't an issue in the society or isn't a problem Um, so for example right now with COVID-19 we would not have needed any COVID-19 related laws before last year because COVID-19 didn't exist yes so it usually starts with some issue some problem that needs to be solved or you have an existing law that needs to be updated or changed. So for example, with social media, you didn't have that problem before. You have laws that deal with computers and so when computers had a big back, now you have to deal with newer issues in relation to use of computers. So it usually starts or commences with some problem to be identified, some idea. From that problem, your government or executive is going to look and say, listen, we need to regulate this thing, we need some rules to govern whatever the issue is. So the government is going to formulate a policy, it usually starts in the ministry, with responsibility for the issue so if the issue is COVID-19 obviously the Ministry of Health is going to get together and say how do we get laws to treat with COVID-19 and from there then you get to so even before the bill comes to us it has to start with some issue in your society some problem something
0: and this will be ministry related meaning that a ministry is the one who would would we'll formulate that, um, that statute.
1: So if we had more time, yes. I could tell you about <laughs> the different types of bills. You have public bills, yes. which are government bills, yes, but me. you also have mm-hmm. private bills that are related to specific members of society that will affect only a small group. So if you want to incorporate Rondell Donovan a football group, you may want to do it via private bill, um, but we don't have time to go into different types of bills. But the majority of bills that come to us are government bills. So the government is driving the policy because of course they have been mandated by the society to tell us how to govern ourselves for five years.
0: Yes, and and as you were saying, it it starts with um, what is the society needs Mm -hmm. and then what happens thereafter? So
1: usually uh, once a policy is formulated, um, instructions will be given to the drafting department, um, which is known as the CPC in the Attorney General's uh, Ministry, to draft a, a draft law. Draft and the CPC bill.
0: is, sorry. So, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Chief Parliamentary Counsel. We are lawyers. Yes, I'm going the to public use, mean, uh, no. yeah, Chief Parliamentary Counsel. Yes. Um, it's the drafting department. It's a department of lawyers whose specialty is drafting legislation they would be given the instructions to draft based on whatever policy has been decided on a particular issue, um, a draft, a, a draft, a bill. So a bill is basically a draft of a law, right? So you're doing a first draft to see what possibly could be, how could we regulate a particular thing? So uh, the most current or topical bill that we have out there right now is the one that's proposing an amendment to the constitution in relation to Tobago's self-governance. Yes that's good. that would have started with consultations it would have started with the government sitting to see what policy do, does uh, tobago want to be independent does it want to be its own island away from trinidad does it want to be a federation does it want to be self-governing so in formulating the policy The government is going to uh, evaluate what does the society want, what's best for the country, what's happening out there in other countries that's similar to ours. Um, So for example, you have Scotland that's uh, having a similar issue, St. Kitts and Nevis, multi-island countries. So you look to see what's out there and what suits us best, and then they will draft the draft law, or or what we call a bill, to be uh, discussed or considered by Parliament.
0: Right, and and that draft bill will be tabled, as you said, in the House of Representatives or the Senate. Or the Senate. So let's say, for instance, is the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. It comes into it comes into the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. who tables those um that bill. Right. So the
1: person yeah. who tables or presents a bill is usually the minister in charge of the bill and that would be the minister whose portfolio the bill falls under so as i said before covid 19 minister of health if uh constitutional amendment it would usually be the attorney general and so on so a a minister is usually piloting the bill or placed in charge of the bill and will drive the bill through all
0: of its stages right so so the, um, the minister drives the bill so what are the stages perfect so uh each um Bill has
1: to go through, as I said, stages in each house. So the very first stage is called the first reading or introduction. And it's more or less a procedural um, step. So the bill is announced, the short title, which is the name by which the bill will be known, is announced by the clerk, uh, usually the clerk of the house, uh, who is uh, those persons that you see sitting in front of the speaker. Procedural officers will announce the name of the bill, and the name of the minister who is in charge of the bill. And that is how it comes to the attention of the members of the parliament to know listen, the government is coming with a bill to amend the Constitution, right? So that's how you know the Constitution Tobago Amendment Bill 2020. Yes, It's also how it comes to the attention of the public because you you want to know what, what is Parliament doing. It's announced, it's then published, and then as a public you have access to read what's in this draft law, what's in this proposed legislation. So that's the first step, is first reading and introduction. Yes. after that uh, and of course the standing orders provide for a certain number of days for things to happen um, but the next stage is the second reading of a bill. Now it's called second reading, but really and truly, it's where the excitement happens. That's when the debate happens, right? right? And
0: you have the cross talk.
1: You have the excitement. <laughs> you, who do like you? you go through the <clears> bill <throat> yes. and you say, "I don't want to be, I don't want Tobago to be an independent country on its own. I want Tobago to stay with Trinidad." Or uh, I think Tobago is ready to be independent, or whatever your arguments are. At the second reading stage is where you debate the merits and demerits of a proposed legislation. So that's where the most excitement happens, yeah? Um, The next stage is usually um, the committee stage. And um, I'll say usually because we've um, amended our standing orders uh, in such a way that a bill can be referred to a committee right after it's read for a first time. Okay. Or after that second reading stage. So you have, the government has options depending on what's happening or what type of legislation it is so for instance something as important and heavy as the bill to amend the constitution uh, for self-governance of tobago yeah. it was immediately sent to a select committee once it was first read is
0: it not to speed up the process
1: it's to allow consultation it's to allow involvement um it's to ensure that you you go through this thing and you understand um it, you know its complexities are we do, going in the right direction? It may allow you to bring in experts or consultants to help with the bill. Um, it's, it's a way to ensure that you, you take uh, shorter steps and careful steps before you pass legislation. Yes. Some things are simpler. If you just are uh, amending one word in one existing piece of legislation, clauses you don't need to go to a committee for that but when things are more complex you'll find that uh, a bill is usually referred to a select committee one time you're not even going to go into the merits and demerits just yet you allow the select committee to do that
0: and is this committee where you know the parliamentarians sit down the speaker is in front where the clerk is, and each person go through line by line. Oh,
1: that's a different committee. <laughs> okay. I'm going to come to that. Okay.
0: <laughs> Rondell has been doing his
1: homework yes. and his reading, clearly. <laughs> yes, so at the select committee, it's a smaller group of parliamentarians. So select meaning you've selected a few um, from either side, from both parties. That's
0: joint? What do you call joint select? Some of
1: them are called joint select,
0: yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: joint select means that you've taken some from the Senate, And some from the house of representatives select committees can also only be house members or senate members so the general term for it is select committees yes but if they are sitting jointly some from the senate and some from the house then you have a joint select committee Um, and it's usually more so a joint select committee at this stage first reading so we've given you this draft legislation go off and have a look at it and come back and tell us if you've made any changes, uh, what do you think? And then we debate it at second reading. Yes. If it goes off after second reading, because second reading is where you've discussed the merits and demerits already, when you send it off, it's really only to look to see uh, certain clauses could be changed, certain things could be tightened, fixed, etc. That committee that you refer to is the committee of the whole house. Okay. And that's an, uh, an important step as well. Once second reading has been completed, usually bills go straight to that committee of the whole. Um Set up. So okay. the speaker comes down from her chair and sits as the chairman of a committee. And it's really more casual. If you tune in at any time, you'll realize they're talking to each other. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot less formal because it's intended to be a discussion. And that's when you go through clause by clause, line by line, move a comma here, move a word here. And then after that stage, uh, the committee must report which is the next step, report to the chamber, what has happened in that committee. And it may seem weird. I mean, you were all just <laughs> sitting here. Why are you going back to report? But it's and this a is report
0: in writing? Report orally. orally. So you're coming okay. to say,
1: during this committee stage, we moved this or we amended this or we didn't amend anything. Okay. But you must report back to the chamber what you've done. It's a formality, seems weird, but that's how it works. And then after that report is made, then you go to the third reading And then to the passage of the bill and then that uh, those steps must be repeated in the next house so if it started in the house of representatives it then goes off to the senate first reading second reading third reading report etc right but you must have all of those steps in each house in order for a bill to be validly passed if you miss a step if you only do it in one house you don't have law just yet you're still at draft
0: stage now you, you, you speak about pass. Bills have to be passed. Now, mm-hmm. what co- now, in terms of the majority, now I know that there are mm-hmm. discussions on you know, uh, special majority mm-hmm. or, or simple majority. Could you just explain the concept of what type of bills require simple or what is simple majority? Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the type of bill that will require a, what we call a special majority is usually one that is either... Um, Interfering with your, I want, I, <laughs> <of the Constitution. laughs> I want to be as simple as I can. I want to be as simple as I can, right? If if, if the <clears throat> bill is proposing something um, that is in contravention of sections four and five of the constitution, constitution. then it can't be that just half or a, a majority of the members can say okay you can't wear, women can't wear pants anymore, right? right? Okay. I'm interfering with, you can't go to church anymore. I'm interfering with one of your rights um, in the constitution and the constitution being our supreme law, more, all our laws must be in conformity with the constitution. Yes. So anytime you're proposing something that is going to interfere with those section four and five rights, then you need a special majority. In addition to which, if you are proposing a law that is going to try to amend the constitution itself, you also need a special majority. So, for example, uh, and uh, it's going to be my example (laughs) all throughout, the bill that's being proposed uh, right now uh, to amend the constitution to give Tobago self-governance will require three-fourths of the members of the House to approve it and two-thirds of the members of the Senate. So oh, wow. it requires, because it is proposing to amend the constitution itself. Yes. So you can't just go around willy passing laws and, all right, no, we, we don't want them to go to church. We don't want them to assemble, right? We, we are democracy, and those majorities are built in in order to protect us as citizens and in order to ensure that our members of parliament do just come in and... yes away your constitution that you, that you honor so much yeah
0: which can be challenged in the courts which of course. can be always challenged <laughs> and i know the simple majority what what type of um what type of ratio are you looking at if you are? a
1: majority is it's simply half plus one
0: okay so it's, a majority
1: it, so it's two of us we, we, a majority <laughs> would be two right three of us a majority would still be two because it will be a more than half yeah so the
0: government of the day once it's a simple majority they will always have the simple majority, that's whichever correct. government is um, that's correct. is there,
1: and that's how it works. It's not just Trinidad. Yes. I know people tend to think oh, we Trinidad are the Westminster is. system. We have inherited a Westminster system, and the reason for that is the government is the government that has been mandated by society. To govern for five years. Basic and social studies. Basic. But social you know,
0: studies. not everyone is always.: So of, of you, course, you, you try now, to help. Now, if a bill is passed in the house, so mm-hmm. it's it's passed as a majority in the house, but mm-hmm. not in the Senate. Mm-hmm. What becomes of that? Well, uh, that's bill? what's
1: so special about uh, our um, setup. Our our Senate is unique because it's not just uh, government and opposition. We also have an independent bench. Yes. And the numbers are such that uh, if you don't get support in the Senate, your your bill dies, right? It it must pass House and Senate. Unfortunately, if you're unable to uh, get that support that you need in the Senate, the two-thirds that's required, bill dies, and you have to come back again a long time for you can't just bring it back next week. Oh. The standing orders say when a bill could be brought back, um, and
0: it's usually not uh, for six months. Six months. Yeah. So that's the purpose of an uh, independent Senate bench.
1: It is because, <laughs> again, check and balance. Of course. I, 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 I don't belong to either party, so I, I don't have anything Rule to, to gain or lose if I if I don't support a no. piece of legislation. If I'm seeing it from an independent yes. lens. I may not support it. I may say, mm, no, you all need yeah. to go wheel and come again with this one. Wheel yeah? so,
0: and come again. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But
1: <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it doesn't pass in the Senate,
0: yeah. the bill, unfortunately, has to die. And, and it, it passes. Uh, what becomes now after it passes? Right.
1: So upon passage, once you've uh, successfully taken a bill through both houses, House and Senate, the next step is assent. And in order for a, a, a draft law, to be converted into law, into an act of parliament, so it's a bill, it's a bill going through, in order for it to transform into law that can govern us, it must be assented to by, well now, Her Excellency. Who
0: Excellency. Yes, yes, I love to say it, Her
1: Excellency, <laughs> yes. um, which involves... Um, the president actually signing it, physically signing a bill and placing a seal, a nice big red seal. I, I tried to find one, but uh, too complicated <laughs> right. to bring something like that here. But um, it, it, that's how it becomes law. Now, um, from time to time, you will find that even though a bill is assented to immediately upon passage, it may not immediately come into effect. And those usually, mm. those provisions are usually built into a bill So, if, for example, a government is ready to pass a piece of legislation, um, let's say, for example, the one that's being done for the transformation of the court system, but the courts haven't been built. So, you pass your legislation first, but you build in there a provision that allows you some time before it becomes effective or before it is proclaimed. So, that's another one you hear in the media all the time.
0: Proclamation. And that's when it's gazetted?
1: No. So, proclamation means... Uh, you've you've placed in your bill a provision that says this will only become uh, effective upon proclamation by the President. So the proclamation itself is gazetted as well, but the bill is gazetted, assented to, and everything it's on the books but it's not in effect until that proclamation is done. It could be a year from now, it could be six days from now. It really depends on what the circumstances are of the bill. Is there a limitation
0: period to um, to proclaim a bill? There are
1: bills on the books (laughs) right now that, I mean Acts of Parliament, sorry, that are yet to be proclaimed. Wow, this is no
0: fault of her Excellency. Not at all, not (laughs) at
1: all. Uh, So for example, the, uh, the dangerous dogs legislation has never been proclaimed Wow! interestingly yes um there's no um unfortunately time period um for a a bill to be brought into effect once it's assented to it's on the books but it can only govern you once it has been proclaimed if it's one of those that has a proclamation clause now if you don't have that provision in your bill then once it's assented to by her excellency it's an act of parliament you're governed by it it doesn't matter if you didn't know about seatbelts and mm-hmm. you didn't know about right pay a fine pay a fine pay a fee <laughs> yeah but once Sorry. a proclamation clause is built in there it gives the executive some time to um put things in, in place if if need be and the executive being the
0: government the executive being the government yes. that's correct chantelle we are out of time we are yes we oh, are we are i can talk all i know i forever. wanted to but speak parliament? about this about you parliament because i understand you are very very instrumental My in that but i think we have to come back <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I think we have to come back to that. Yes. Um, so thank you very much for for appearing. Um, I appreciate it. And we appreciate that WSN. CC and give your, your colleagues at Parliament of Transobigo my regards. I
1: shall and thank you again <laughs> for inviting us. Thank you. I'm sure we'll be free to bring someone else yes to talk some more about Parliament. We shall bring you. Yes. But
0: thank you so much. You have been watching <laughs> WESN Content Capital, Strictly Legal. I am your host, Rhonda Dono. Do have a great week ahead. God bless.